Good morning, everyone, and so happy to be a part of the Avini family. Oh, my goodness, amazing things could happen when you get a few people together with just the same ideas and thoughts. And I've always been fascinated with this idea that one person can influence another person. And it's just amazing. One of the things maybe you've heard before Several books have quoted this. Who, who knows? There's probably something to it that the, even the most introverted person at the end of their life, they will have affected in some way over 10,000 people. And if you think back in your life about dramatic changes, I think right before I left the Navy, one of my really good Navy friends took on a job and it was doing something that I was not the least bit interested in. It was outside sales. And if I was going to be in that, certainly would be something more exciting than his job would just be going around calling on all the businesses and anything to do with lighting. And as we kept in touch, he did extremely well. Wow. He moved into a brand new house just six months after getting out of the Navy. And I remember thinking, that's what I would like to do. And so I called up Steve Tomicelli, the manager for that company, and we visited. And I said, hey, I'm a friend of Doug Robinson's. And, and so I said, well, if you're a friend of Doug's, yeah, we've probably got a place for you. And, and we started talking. Doug, when he got out of the Navy, he had a, a territory. It was Vancouver, Washington. And that's where he started. And, and so I'm talking. What, what do you think? What would be a good place? What territories do you have? And somehow... The idea settled that I would be going to Twin Falls, Idaho. I've been there before. It's a, a pretty area. Uh, it has a, a gorge there. It's just, I don't know, just a really nice place. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, as the time I approached when I'm getting out of the Navy, he wanted to interview me, and I flunked the interview. <laughs> I just, he says, I don't think you could be there. And so I made another appointment, came back. And he said, well, okay, you can have the Tri-Cities in Washington State. And I went there and did really well, actually. And what's fascinating is I wound up living there over 20 years. And sometimes when I would drive through Twin Falls, Idaho, I would think if I was more impressive, I would have a whole different life because where you live affects everything. Being there 20 years, most of our kids were born there, their friends, who they married even. So much that who I am, those 20 years of my life, uh, was all determined in a way by Steve Tomicelli, somebody that really didn't know me very well. And we could think of all sorts of different examples like that. One of the things I love about Avini is it gives us the opportunity to be an influence, but not just accidentally. I'm sure Steve Tomicelli wasn't thinking anything about the future of me and the implications and what would happen by sending me to the Tri-Cities. He actually, I, I found out later on that nobody had ever made it, and he didn't want to waste a good territory on somebody that wasn't going to make it anyway, and so that's where I went. Uh, it, it, it is so fascinating, and so this idea of being with a company where we could say that's the prime directive to make a positive difference. And methodically and purposefully every day we're reaching out to talk to people about what we have. Now, one of the things that I really am impressed with is stories. We've been talking about that on our calls and this overall idea of the 
power of the storyteller. And, and essentially, that's what we do is share stories. We're, we're paid by our voice in a way. We want to get really good at that. And I've thought back in my mind stories that have really stuck with me. And if you think about the master of teachers, he taught in stories, he told parables. They, stories, they go into the mind very easily. It's almost irresistible. It's almost hypnotic what it does. And, and we think in terms of stories. And so, but still just coming out of the Christmas season and I heard a story and this is way back when I first got into sales. This is back in the 70s. I heard this story, and it was told to me by Rich DeVos on a cassette tape. And I listened to it again and again. And Rich DeVos heard this story actually from someone else, from uh, Charles Swindell. And this is something that's really touched me different, just so, so much. And I, I shared this in a newsletter that I shared with everyone, but perhaps you haven't read that. And I just want to make sure everybody hears the story and tell it in my voice, perhaps. This is an amazing story about Miss Thompson, who was a school teacher. And one of her students, Teddy Stollard, well, he certainly qualified as one of the least. Uh, disinterested in school, musty, wrinkled clothes, hair never combed. One of those kids in school with a deadpan face, expressionless, sort of of a glossy, unfocused stare. And when Miss Thompson spoke to him, he always answered in monosyllables. He was unattractive, unmotivated, and distant. He was just plain hard to like. And even though his teacher said that she loved all the class just the same, down inside she wasn't being completely truthful. Whenever she marked Teddy's papers, she got a, a sort of perverse pleasure putting X's next to the wrong answers. And when she put the F on the top of the A page, she always did it with a flair. She should have known better. She had Teddy's records, and she knew more about him than she wanted to admit. And the records read first grade, Teddy shows promise with his work and attitude, but poor home situation. Second grade, Teddy could do better. Mother is seriously ill. He receives little help at home. Third grade, Teddy is a good boy, but too serious. He is slow in learning. His mother died this year. Fourth grade, Teddy is very slow, but well-behaved. His father shows no interest. Well, Christmas came. And the boys and girls in Miss Thompson's class brought her Christmas presents. And they piled the presents on her desk and crowded around for her to open them. And among the presents was a gift from Teddy Stollard. She was surprised he had brought her a gift, but he had. Teddy's gift was wrapped in plain brown paper and held together with scotch tape. And on the paper were written simple words for Miss Thompson from Teddy. When she opened Teddy's present, out fell a gaudy rhinestone bracelet with half of the stones missing and a bottle of cheap perfume. The other boys and girls began to giggle and smirk at Teddy's gifts. But Miss Thompson at least had the sense of presence to silence them by immediately putting on the bracelet and putting on some of the perfume on her wrists and holding her wrists up for the other children to smell. She said, doesn't it smell lovely? Then the children, taking their cue from Miss Thompson, responded with oohs and ahs. Well, at the end of the day, when school was over 
and other children had left, Teddy lingered behind. He slowly came over to her desk and said softly, Miss Thompson, gee, you smell just like my mother, and her bracelet looks real pretty on you, too. I'm glad you like my presence. When Teddy left, Miss Thompson got down on her knees and asked God to forgive her. The next day, when the children came to school, they were welcomed by a new teacher. Miss Thompson had become a different person. She was no longer just a teacher. She was an agent of God. She was now a person committed to loving her children and doing things for them that would live long after she was gone. She helped all the children, but especially the slow ones and especially Teddy Sollard. By the end of the school year, Teddy showed dramatic improvement. He caught up with most of the students and, and was even ahead of some. Well, the year ended, and she didn't hear from Teddy for a long time. Then one day, she received a note that read, Dear Miss Thompson, I wanted you to be the first to know I will be graduating, second in my class. Love, Teddy Stollard. Four years later, another note. Dear Miss Thompson, they told me I will be graduating first in my class. I wanted you to know the university has not been easy, but I like it. Love, Teddy Stollard. Four years later, another note. Dear Miss Thompson, as of today, I am Theodore Stollard, M.D., how about that? I wanted you to be the first to know. I'm getting married next month, the 27th to be exact, and I want you to come and sit where my mother would sit if she were alive. You are the only family I have now. Dad died last year. Love, Teddy Stollard. Well, Miss Thompson went to that wedding and sat where Teddy's mother would have sat. And she deserved to be there. She had done something for Teddy that he could never forget. I love that story. And in a way, we are all just like Miss Thompson. Hopefully, we have a good influence for those around us. It's the most wonderful feeling that you'll ever have. Imagine the feeling that Miss Thompson had when she sat there. Uh, ultimately, a well-lived life might be measured by just the greatest good that can, one can have on the greatest number of people. And again, we're in the life-changing business. And thinking of stories, another one that really touched me is there's uh, Gordon Hinckley, uh, a leader, and I heard him tell this story years ago. Actually, I heard the story myself in my youth, but he heard it when uh, he was a young boy from his dad. And... So this has got to be way back in the 1800s where this story originated. And it's one of my all-time favorite stories, and I wish to share that with you. And so this is a story of an older boy and his young companion. They were walking along a road that led through a field. And they saw an old coat and some badly worn-out shoes by the roadside. And in the distance, they saw the owner working in the field. The younger boy suggested that they hide the shoes, conceal themselves, and watch the perplexity on the owner's face when he returned. The older boy, a benevolent lad, thought that would not be so good. He said the owner must be a very poor man. And after discussing the matter, they concluded to try another experiment. Instead of hiding the shoes, they would put a silver dollar in each one and concealing themselves, see what the owner did when he discovered the money. 
Well, soon the man returned from the field, put on his coat, slipped one foot into a shoe, felt something hard, took it out, and found a silver dollar. Wonder and surprise showed on his face. He, he looked at the dollar again and again, turned around, could see nobody, and then proceeded to put on the other shoe, where, to his great surprise, he found another dollar. His feelings overcame him, and he knelt down and offered aloud a prayer of thanksgiving in which he spoke of his wife being sick and helpless and his children without bread. And he fervently thanked the Lord for this bounty from unknown hands and evoked a blessing of heaven upon those who had given him this needed help. And the boys remained concealed for some time after he had gone. And then they quietly walked along the lane and one said to the other, don't you have a good feeling? Aren't you glad we didn't try to deceive him? Wow. I just, I love this idea that we can have an effect on other people, that we can, we can make a huge difference. And right now uh, we have a business where every day our job is to add people to our list uh, and just reach out and ask them to take a look at what we're doing. I think this is something that's really wonderful. And there's a, a book called The Power of Who. That's who do you know. And there's a, a statement, and it says, you already know someone right now who knows the person who will help you achieve your goal or to hire or introduce you to the person that you need to meet. Isn't that a fun thought? And here we are, January. There's something so amazing. Beginning is the key to everything. And what do you need? Just in your mind, what do you want to do with this? And when I met my wife, just to make conversation, I asked her, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, a mommy. And as we got to know each other, we thought, well, let's have six kids. Well, we wound up having 11, and we've got 51 grandkids. There's this amazing power of multiplying. I look at Avini, this power of multiplying. And one of the interesting ideas that I've heard, we've all heard about rabbits that multiply. Well, uh, Avini is a lot like rabbits. It, it really is. Raising rabbits. Okay, now in Avini, what do these rabbits do? Every rabbit uses the product. Every rabbit sells the product. Every rabbit can raise more rabbits that use sell and raise more rabbits. Isn't that a fun thought right there, this multiplying effect? And wow, this last idea right here, rabbits raising more rabbits, this allows the rabbit family to grow geometrically. And now, how many rabbits can rabbits have? Now, in an illustration in a Vini, you can have three personally, and that's a, that's a fun idea. Okay, enrolling three people, to enroll three people, that's a, that's a powerful model. And, and we can't get that to happen exactly. You, you can't force rabbits to multiply in threes any more than you can get a sales team to recruit in threes. But this could be even better than that because think about that. What if you recruit more than three? Fundamentally, it's finding three really good people, but this is just like rabbits. Okay, let me say that again. Every rabbit uses the product, every rabbit sells the product, and every rabbit can raise more rabbits such a, a powerful idea. And so if you share this with somebody and they in turn share it with somebody, you could be a, a grandparent 
in, in a, a few days or a month or something like sponsoring somebody, helping them sponsor somebody, helping them sponsor somebody. It, it's such a powerful idea. And then this idea of progression. So in Avini, you can have a maximum of three children, a maximum of nine second generation of grandchildren, a maximum of 27. Now, here's where it really starts getting out of hand. Three, nine, and then 27. Three times 27 is 81. Three times 81. Oh, my goodness. It really starts getting up into there. Really, really powerful stuff. Three times eight is 24. So 243, is it? It just amazingly powerful. And, and if your income comes from, say, 200 or 300 different sources, the risk comes out of it. It stabilizes. It's not one single phone call or one single sale that makes your business. And also it becomes residual because it becomes self-perpetuating. All of the products are consumable. They're life-changing. I just think what would be the ideal way to make a big difference in the world, to have positive impact? Well, I think business is the way to do that. Have have a business. Wow. And not just to go to work, build a business, and exchange your time for another, but have a business where you're teaching other people how to teach people how to fish. This is so powerful. And so find three really good people that you'd love to have as friends anyway that, that want to change the world and teach them this system. And it's all system. And you can do this. It's so amazingly powerful how, how this works. So get excited, use the products, feel the power of them, and then just get really good at teaching other people how to look at it. I, I just love this idea. Now, in, in terms of 3, 6, or, or 3 and 9, 27, 81, so forth, as you, as you think about, this can quickly get out of hand if you're purposely keeping in touch with everything. And so my model, I, I believe, is in a way you can only talk to so many people and build strong relationships with only a few people, but that's what you should do. And so I'm thinking in my mind, long-term, what would happen is if you were working in those legs and the whole strategy is to grow roots, grow tap roots that are really big and huge, the difference between a silver and a diamond is just think about that. To become a silver is one plus one plus two. That means get one customer, get one distributor, and have at least two legs. So it starts out that way. Eventually, though, a diamond is, is the same idea. Have customers, have distributors, and eventually fill out those legs and just get them bigger and bigger and bigger uh, as you continue to re- recruit more people. And also just uh, the idea of trying to keep uh, some semblance of balance between those three legs and you can do that by actively sponsoring and nurturing the smaller leg and just doing that again and again. And, you know, if you can make one sale, if you can sponsor one people, one, one person, if you do it one time, you can do it again. If you do it again, it can become a habit. And then the magic of compounding. If you do one thing one time, it might not be too significant. But if you do that and do it day after day after day, and other people start doing it. And then where would you be just a, a year from now if you did that every day? If you practiced Avini every day talking to people, 
eventually you would have a lot of people. And, and what would happen, an example, if you not just had three friends that you loved being with and spending time with that were hungry, ambitious, and wanted to, to change the world with this company, what if you had found, say, five, six, seven, eight people in each of those three legs? So let, let's just say in those three legs somewhere, not necessarily first level, maybe fifth level or 20th level, but people that you're talking to every day that you're close with, building strong relationships and helping them in turn and that influence and teaching those people to do the same thing. Uh, you, you could manage and, and you could have a, a strong active relationship with 20 or so people. That, that would be maybe five, six, seven, eight people in each of those legs. If that was actually the situation, what kind of business would you have? It would never go away. It would continue to grow and grow. And so that's my challenge to you is just decide you want to do this. Get really good at it. Get really good. And as you do that, you're going to have some marvelous stories to tell because these miracle store products create miracles. And I, I love what Chip Littlejohn says so beautifully. When you join Avini, you're stepping into a stream a miracle. So what could be better than that? I, I would say step into a torrent of miracles because it's going to happen. Momentum. Momentum is our best friend and you can feel it starting to happen. It's, it's moving along and the stream is going to become a, a river of miracles and we can change the world with this as it just gets bigger and catches on and you've got to be a part of it. Uh, you can play a, a big part of it, and all it is uh, time and effort, uh, getting in every day, doing this, and it's really not that dramatic. It's, it's wonderfully dramatic, but it isn't. It's just picking up the phone and asking people to take a look and, and doing that and doing it. I really hope that you'll plan on coming to uh, Las Vegas in April and Plan on not coming alone. I love telling people, you, you come, you'll be glad you did, but I want to give you a heads up. Uh, when you come, you're going to be so excited. You'll be glad you're part of this. Uh, your enthusiasm and excitement will uh, uh, come up, but you'll also be thinking, oh, why didn't I try a little harder to have some of my people come? And so have the goal. You, know, you, you are going to be there, but think about how many people will be there. And as it continues to grow, uh, isn't that an exciting thought? So those are some of my thoughts today. If uh, somebody has any questions or comments or a good story to tell, uh, go ahead and push star six. Uh, we've got a few minutes left here. All right. Well, have a happy new year, and the best way to predict the future is create it. And in Avini, we all have the opportunity to be creators. So let's go do this. <laughs>